welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to be talking about election reform, and of course we're going to be talking about the H.R. 1, the elections bill that is moving up on Capitol Hill. Unfortunately, it's a federal elections bill that the uh, actually the Democratic left is pushing. It's really a wish list of what uh, liberal interests want for federalization of election laws across the country. Uh, we are opposed to this, of course, and let me read to you a statement from our Secretary of State, Frank LaRose. Uh, as he said, uh, he's urging Congress to vote no on H.R. 1, a bill that would effectively take over control of how states conduct elections. H.R. 1 imposes significant changes that ignore both the United States Constitution and the unique election systems across the 50 states in an effort to standardize how vo- uh, states vote. And, of course, this last election was fraught with a lot of challenges and questions in the minds of many Americans as we saw late uh, developing election law changes in some of the states. Of course, a lot of absentee ballots uh, and mail-in ballots across the uh, country in states like Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, and actually due to the pandemic. But uh, here in Ohio, there has been a call that we rein in the mail-in ballots because we don't want this to be a general practice. Of course, this was due to COVID-19, the year of pandemic, uh, but it was met with a lot of uh, challenges and, of course, real suspicion of voter fraud across the country. Now comes Congress, led by the Democrats, to actually push forward an expansion of these kinds of uh Uh, voting practices as standardized across the country in all 50 states. With me on the phone is Senior Legal Counsel for the Heritage Foundation, Hans von Spakowski, and we're so glad that he's with us. Hans, uh, you've been speaking quite a bit about H.R. 1. Good afternoon and welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate being on. Well, of course, Ohio is one of those states where We've had election uh, law changes uh, over the years. Our organization's actually been part of that, and there's been a little bit of back and forth. We have currently 28 days of open voting, uh, but we also have a proven process that uh, vets the uh, voter ID of uh, individuals who are casting a ballot. We want people to vote, but we want them to be uh, legally eligible to vote, and we want them to be able to identify themselves as uh, residents of the state of Ohio. Of course, Ohio has been a battleground state for years, so we've worked on that in this state. Uh, Many uh, public policy groups have worked on that. We seem to have gotten it right. It always could use some review, and of course, there's some challenges that even came up this last year, even though the state did go for President Trump resoundingly, as Florida did, but we didn't have the challenges that they had in other states. Now comes H.R. 1, which for many is a real threat to our way of elections process. Uh, your thoughts on H.R. 1? Oh, I certainly agree with that. I certainly agree with the Secretary of State, too. And um, what, what folks need to understand is, is that H.R. 1 would totally get rid of all of the security precautions and safety protocols that states have put in, put in place. Uh, 
uh, to protect the integrity of the election process. And this is going to be just a couple of quick examples. Um, if you're a state with a voter ID law, your voter ID law is in essence being eviscerated. Why? Because this law says uh, no state can uh, refuse somebody the ability to vote if they don't have an ID. Uh, they have to allow people to vote uh, by simply signing a form in which they say they, they are who they claim they are. <laughs> so, Chris, that means I, I could walk into a polling place in Ohio where I don't live and say, uh, well, my name is Tom Swift, and they would uh, not be able to ask me for an ID because all I have to do is sign a form saying, yeah, I really am Tom Swift, and they have to let me vote. Combine that with the fact that um, H.R. Uh, 1 requires states require states to put in same-day voter registration. In other words, states have to allow me to walk into a polling place on Election Day, register, and immediately vote. So that means when you combine it with the no-ID provision that uh, I can walk into a polling place in Ohio, say my name is Tom Swift, I can register, they immediately let me vote, I sign a form saying, yeah, I'm really Tom Swift, they can't check my ID, and I walk out of the polling place. And I can do it again. I just go to the next polling place down the street, and I can do it again under a different name. And there's no way for election officials to prevent this if H.R. 1 becomes law. That is really ridiculous, and this is no time for this kind of legislation or any kind time. Actually, it's up to the states to set uh, the dates and times of uh, and processes of election uh, in their states, and this election has been fraught with many questions and actual voter uh, calls uh, that, that the charges of voter fraud, uh, which some of the states, and it really is up to the states to start tracking that down, which they are doing in states like uh, uh, Michigan is actually, the, the residents of that state are pushing forward. Uh, Arizona is another state. Uh, there's some movement in Georgia as well. So that's good because uh, these are some of the states in question. Obviously, there were um, it was a very close race in Georgia and Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, um, and Nevada. And these were states that were in question as to what exactly happened in some of these big urban counties, which primarily uh, were demo- uh, dominated by Democratic um uh, rule and uh, unfortunately there wasn't enough monitors. Well, how does a an elections process? How is it fair? Well, if both parties, both Democrat and Republican, are watching over the ballot count, I like to uh, uh, equate it to uh, two groups of thieves counting over the same pot of money to make sure there's equal share for all. <laughs> but uh, we that's hey, can, act- I, can, I can I steal that? Absolutely. <laughs> so that's how we make sure that there's equity and fairness in the elections. And we've had that uh, by and large. And of course, there's always uh, some voter fraud that takes place. And by the way, uh, you know, when we talk about uh, voter ID, uh, back in uh, 2012 when we and 2013 when we did our statewide audit, citizens audit boards of election, and we gave the findings to the General Assembly, the Secretary of State, uh, members of the media, and we actually had sworn affidavits of people who witnessed voter fraud. Uh, there were some great uh, reforms and changes that came out of that. But, uh, you know, we said one of the things that would really help is voter photo ID for Ohio. Well, you know, of course, there's cries from the left. But what's interesting is 
a, a large number of African Americans and some Democrats and independents, not just Republicans want voter photo, uh, photo ID. Uh, African Americans who actually have these contested primaries in their own party system within the urban uh, areas, they said that there is absolutely fraud that goes on. So they are aware of the problem, and, and they were all for voter photo ID. Uh, now, we didn't get it passed in statute, but for all intents purposes in practice, when you go up to the desk and vote, uh, they do ask you for your photo ID. And I've pointed that out to people, so it's been in practice, if not in statute. Uh, but again, H.R. 1 would do away with that requirement, wouldn't it, in any of the states? Yeah, it would. Uh, and it would get rid of, remember, Ohio also, for example, you, know, you were talking about voter registration list, I think, before. Look, Ohio went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court successfully just a couple of years ago when, when the state was sued over the fact that it was very carefully uh, trying to clean up its voter rolls and take people off who had moved away or um, had otherwise died and stuff. And, you know, the left basically <laughs> sued, objecting to the, to the state doing that. Ohio actually won, but its grains in that case would be wiped out. Because, again, uh, H.R. 1 puts in all of these severe restrictions on the ability of states to uh, clean up their voter rolls, take people off who've moved out of state or have died or otherwise become ineligible. Um, And, uh, again, look, voter lists are already in notoriously bad shape in many states, and this would just make it uh, even worse. And yet that's that's a provision that would be forced on, on on the state of Ohio, along with all the other states. Well, that's right, and the timing is just terrible. I mean, after this election, when uh, there were so many people that felt disenfranchised and uh, you know actually felt uh, cheated in this election, so there were so many questions that surrounded this election. Uh, nevertheless, uh, Mr. Biden was confirmed as the next president, uh, but still there's so many questions on the table in those states of Pennsylvania, in Georgia, in Michigan, in Arizona, and Nevada. They'll have to uh, restore voter confidence in those states. Even in our own state of Ohio, I'm just, you know, I heard so many people after the election saying, oh, this is just not worth it. Uh, you know, it's, it's not worth it to vote. And of course, that that was their initial response. And I knew that that would wear off after a time. So we're just starting to re-engage some folks. This bill comes at the wrong time. But actually, there's a lot of people getting up ready for the fight. And we're so thankful that the Heritage Foundation is really leading the charge here you know i'm looking at the uh, position paper that uh, the vice president former vice president mike pence who now is with you at the heritage foundation uh, posted so again uh, spelling out the disastrous points of hr1 um, hans where are we within the process in congress right now where is hr1 well it 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 actually passed the House uh, last week. It was on a strictly party-line vote. Not a single Republican voted for it. Only a single Democrat uh, voted against it. And they, Nancy Pelosi brought it to the floor with no hearing. And that's, as you know, extremely unusual. Uh, no hearings on the bill. So they clearly want to just jam this through. It's now in the Senate. Um, we don't know yet whether and when there will be hearings on it or when it will get to the floor uh, of the Senate. But the key to stopping this bill with, with uh, the Senate evenly split between the two parties is to convince, frankly, just one Democratic senator to vote against it. The, the folks people talk about the most, of course, is Joe Manchin of, of West Virginia, who often talks 
like a moderate, although when it actually comes to voting, he seems to lose that and vote with um, the Democrats on, on everything. And if they can't convince at least one Democratic senator to oppose it, then it's really going to boil down to Republicans being able to filibuster the bill. And that depends, as you know, on the filibuster rule remaining in place in the U.S. Senate. Will it take uh, 60 votes for passage as it stands right now? They need 60 votes for passage. Is that not right? Yeah, because it takes 60 votes to end a filibuster, which is you have to end a filibuster before you can actually have a vote on a bill. And so this will not be able to pass through reconciliation. Uh, The window of that is closing anyways on the new Congress. Uh, So that's good news. But again, making sure that all Republicans hold together opposing H.R. 1 and that we get uh, Mr. Machen maybe. And maybe uh, is there any thought about uh, the senator from uh, Arizona, Simina, uh, to uh, to oppose it as well? Yeah, that's the other person that folks are talking about trying to persuade to uh, vote against it again. Uh, How successful that'll be, I I don't know. Reading from the position paper, it says, at the same time, state and local election officials will be stripped of their ability to maintain the accuracy of voter rolls. Uh, Barred from verifying voter eligibility and voter ID would be banned from coast to coast. Congressional districts would be redrawn by unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats. Illegal immigrants and law-abiding American citizens would uh, receive equal representation in Congress. Felons would be able to vote the moment they set foot out of prisons. Um, H.R. 1 also loaded with ill-advised changes to federal campaign laws that would impose onious legal and administrative burdens on candidates, civic groups, unions, nonprofit organizations, and ordinary citizens who want to exercise their First Amendment rights to engage in political speech, including on public policy issues that are vital to the life of our nation. Of course, that would include the Heritage Foundation and the Ohio Christian Alliance, I presume, Hans. Your thoughts? No, absolutely. And in fact, um, the changes in the uh, rules governing federal campaigns are such that uh, they want to force donor disclosure donor disclosure to certain nonprofit uh, organizations. And look, you and I, Chris, we, we know what the intent of that is. They, they want those, the names of donors to come out so they can be harassed and intimidated to basically dry up support for organizations. It is the modern equivalent. This, this bill is the modern equivalent of what the state of Alabama tried to do the, to the NAACP in the late 1950s when being angry about the civil rights uh, work that the NAACP was doing, the state government uh, tried to uh, put in place a law that said that organizations, nonprofits like the NAACP, had to reveal their donors, had to register who all their donors were. That went all the NAACP sued, as you know, went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said, you can't, inf- you can't enforce a law like that. It violates it violates the associational rights of people under the 14th Amendment. All of us as citizens have a right to associate with others who share our beliefs, whether it's religious beliefs or political or social beliefs, and the government cannot interfere with that. That's what H.R. 1 does. And, of course, in the midst of this cancel culture that's going on furiously right now, 
uh, and every day there seems to be another uh, you know victim to to the cancel culture. Yeah, uh, talking to a congressman, uh, he you know is interesting because as a public policy organization that's conservative and takes moral positions, we're used to uh, that kind of response, even from donors that say, "Well, if I contribute to you, and if that becomes known, or they may even not tell us, but we get the idea that they may be reticent to do so because and for fear that they may be targeted." Uh, by certain uh, radical groups. Here a congressman is telling me, he said, well, Chris, look, I've had uh, businessmen basically say, well, my wife will have to write this check to you. I can't put it in my name because if it comes back to me, my tar- my business will be targeted. And I told the congressman, I right. said, I thought that was my problem unique to me. And he's basically saying as a conservative congressman that he's facing the same kind of blowback and cancel culture type fear, even from those who would support him uh, as an office holder. Your thoughts? Oh, no, no. I, I see that all the time. And it's particularly, it's become particularly vicious uh, these days with the kind of, uh, you know, it's not just the, the social, me- plat- uh, social uh, media platforms that enable folks to engage in harassment and, and try to intimidate people, but it's the platforms themselves who are now censoring the speech of people that they frankly disagree with and who don't have the what's considered the politically orthodox view on so many issues. And H.R. 1 would make this problem uh, much, much worse. So our call to action, of course, is to call your U.S. senator. And right on our website at the Ohio Christian Alliance, you'll see the numbers of both uh, Senator Portman and Senator Brown that are there. Uh, and call your members of the Senate and urge them to oppose H.R. 1. You know, I think also of uh, how this will affect uh, candidates. And, you know, even with early voting, uh, one of the demerits of early voting where the left will so often push for this, uh, it, it actually is a disadvantage to, we always say that, you know, anyone can run for office and we encourage people to do so. But it also it takes money, and uh, one of the first things that a candidate has to learn, and one of the, the toughest lessons is they have to ask for funding uh, for their campaign. And they never seem to have enough calendar to be able to get their message out. And I've talked to some good men and women of conscience who really want to make a difference, run for public office at various levels, either state or federal. And one of the things that they face is in early voting is it takes almost a full month off the calendar, meaning their opponent, who may be well-funded, is able to get their message out when they could use those additional 30 days in most states, 28 days here in Ohio, to get their message out. I mean, you know, I am one who likes to vote on Election Day. Uh, and I think those last few weeks of a campaign actually can turn, uh, you know, people on an issue and things come out in those last few weeks this really takes away from that when you have this kind of early voting. Your thoughts? Oh, I agree. I think early voting is, uh, has all kinds of problems, not, not only what you just talked about, but the fact that um, people who vote early are basically cheating themselves. Because if information comes out, for example, before a general election, that is significant to the choice you made, um, it's too late to change your vote. And if you engage in early voting during primaries, um, by the time Election Day rolls around, the candidate you may have voted for may no longer be in the race, which means you've entirely wasted your vote. That actually happened, uh, you may recall, last year, Super Tuesday, 
Super Tuesday was beginning of March. It was it, it was uh, more than a dozen states held their primaries. We had a, a hot Democratic presidential uh, primary race going on. And what happened right before Election Day, uh, Super Tuesday of last year, two of the big uh, Democratic candidates, Senator Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg, former mayor in, in, in Indiana, they both dropped out of the race. If you look at the vote total, um, you will find that literally hundreds of thousands of people voted early in states with early voting for those two candidates who weren't in the race on Election Day. Yeah. And they, so they, 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 they wasted their vote. And and that's a, that's a tragedy because the the vote is so important. Uh, you know, people yeah. realize that. And of course, uh, with a high price, was it purchased? Uh, our liberty, our freedom, our our ability to participate in this representative republic. With me on the phone is senior legal counsel for the Heritage Foundation, Hans von Spakowski. Uh, Hans, tell us the contact where people can follow you on the Heritage Foundation website. Sure, they can go to heritage.org, heritage.org, and uh, we actually have a a uh, issues page there on election integrity, which has information uh, about the problems with HR one. And of course, right now, Heritage is leading the way. When I did a search on this, it really takes me to the Heritage Foundation. So we want to really thank you and the Heritage Foundation for the fine work you're doing on this and exposing uh, the problems and really danger of HR one. And again, well, folks, I appreciate, I appreciate the work you're doing on this, too. Well, thank you so much, and we appreciate that, and we'll have you back on the program. Thank you, my friend. Sure thing. Bye-bye. God bless. And again, from the Heritage Foundation, I was senior legal counsel for the Heritage Foundation, Hans von Spakowski. And uh, he, of course, and his writings are on the website. You'll also see him on Fox News and a number of uh, channels across the uh, landscape as Hans is out there talking about H.R. 1 and a number of constitutional issues. Well, folks, look, we need to really stop this. And how do we do it? Well, let's ring the phones in Washington. It is already, unfortunately, past Congress. And as you just heard uh, in the interview, that uh, Nancy Pelosi pushed this through, even without committee hearings. Think about that. We're talking about the lady that back uh, when she was Speaker last time during the Obama years, you'll know what's in the bill after we pass it. They have no interest in you knowing what's going on in Washington. Well, the way to do that is uh, to find out, become educated. You know, the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge in Hosea 4.6. We need to educate ourselves on these issues. At our website, we're going to put up the position page on H.R. 1 from the Heritage Foundation. Just go to the Ohio Christian Alliance. Just search that. And again, the numbers for U.S. Senator Rob Portman and U.S. Senator Sherrod Brown. Let both offices know that this is an affront to your ability to have fair and equal elections in the state of Ohio and in our country. So let's call them and urge them to vote no on H.R. 1 by opposing it. So as you heard today, the strategy is let's ring the phones in Washington in the Senate. Uh, let's make sure that the filibuster works. That way they have to have 60 votes and they can't get it over the finish line that way. But again, uh, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance, and that's what we need to be doing. And uh, these are days of prayer. We need to be praying for our nation. Certainly, we need to pray for those who are serving us in public office, from the president all the way uh, down to our governor and, and state legislature and members of Congress. And we hope that you do that, according to Second Timothy, that we need to pray for all those who are in authority. That's what we encourage at the Ohio Christian Alliance. If you want to follow us on all the issues that we're trending, uh, that's on our website at Ohio Christian 
Christian Alliance. That's OhioCA.org. Thanks for listening. Stand by. We're going to hear from Molly Smith. She's going to talk to us about the Bring America Back to Life Conference coming up this weekend at the Embassy Suites in Cleveland. You can register online. God bless. This is Molly Smith, President of Cleveland Rights to Life and the Chair of the annual Bringing America Back to Life Convention, held on March 12th and 13th at the Embassy Suites in Independence, Ohio. This highly acclaimed two-day event is the nation's most significant pro-life education platform. Join our MC, Bob France of the France Authority, who will welcome such well-known guests as Charlie Kirk, Jack Windsor, and many more well-known conservative Christian leaders who will inspire and inform. Don't miss this unique grassroots opportunity to engage in the most significant civil rights issue of our day, the right to life. Help us bring America back to life. For information and registration, go to bringingamericabacktolife.org or call 440-529-4836. 440-529-4836. Help us bring America back to life. I'm Johnette Cruz and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Review. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue the following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you joined us this afternoon. We're going to be talking about the Bringing America Back to Life Conference, and that's coming to Cleveland, and that's coming up next weekend, March uh, 12th and 13th, at the Embassy Suites Hotel. Now, this has become an annual event over the last number of years, and it's been a great pro-life event uh, that people are coming from uh, really regionally to come to this conference. And there's some really great speakers. Uh, with us is the director of Cleveland Right to Life, Molly Smith, and her organization, of course, hosts the conference Bringing America Back to Life. Good afternoon, Molly. Good afternoon, Chris. Honored to be on your show. Well, thank you. And uh, again, this looks like a great event this year, and uh, it's good to get back at it. You know, COVID has been a major interruption for all of our lives. This last year, with so many things that have been, you know, special programs that have been suspended, uh, special events that have been suspended. We have good friends up there in New England 
Uh, of course, last year was the 400th anniversary of the Pilgrims' landing in Plymouth Rock, and we have a uh, ministry up there, the Plymouth Rock Foundation, with Pastor Paul Jaley. They were, of course, uh, planning a huge uh, events that all had to be canceled due to the state of Massachusetts uh, restricting size and gatherings. Now, of course, we're starting to come out of uh, this COVID protocol as Texas announced uh, just uh, today that the face mask mandate has been suspended in Texas and they're starting to get back to to normal. And I think you're going to see more and more states do that as uh, people are becoming vaccinated and the herd immunity is growing and uh, we're coming out of the uh, second wave, as it were, because hospitalizations are down. So hopefully we can get back to life. And one of those ways is getting to the conference, bringing America back to life, where we celebrate the uh, life itself and, of course, protecting life in the womb. Tell us about the conference. Sure, Chris. And, and it's, it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to be on here and talk to your guests about this. This is our 12th uh, Bringing America Back to Life convention. We have actually expanded to be more than just regional, more than just Ohio. Uh, we are we have uh, welcomed people from all corners of Ohio, so it's become a statewide convention. Um, it has also become a national a national uh, uh, convention from across the country. So we have about seventeen to eighteen regular states that come in. Their pro life, pro family um, leaders come into the convention. No difference this year. We have a couple, a little bit less because of COVID, as you mentioned. Um, and we are a little bit more restricted this year, which has been unfortunate, but it's part of what we just, we, we knew we'd have to do that. And we've done it. Um, and we actually are doing it very well. And it's, it, we're managing it well. The numbers are phenomenal. I have to tell you that when we decided to put the convention on this year, we decided that back in June of last year. Uh, or July, June or July, and um, it was, you know, we sort of said, should we go virtual? Should we have it in person? Let's just let's just bite the bullet and do it, <laughs> um, you know, in person. And so we went ahead and planned, booked the booked the speakers, and it is, as you say, God is good. He has, uh, you know, provided some uh, a little bit of a relief to all of us. I know Mississippi has also just announced that they have relaxed all of their their restrictions. Uh, Texas has just lifted up everything as well. I know Florida is will probably follow very soon, and I think we're going to see that happening more and more. So this is going to be good. In fact, we're we're praying and ask your guests to pray for us too that the, the restrictions on on the uh, limits of space, the space limiting, will will also be will go down so we can welcome more guests to the convention. But you asked me about the people that are going to be there. We have the most amazing lineup. Um, normally, we have 20 speakers that come in this year. Because of COVID, we're down to 12, uh, 13, actually, in total, because there's a, a dual uh, couple that are going to talk. Um, but we have the wonderful Paul Kengor, who I'm sure your listeners will know, he, um, uh, will have heard about him. He's a uh, relentless author of different books, all about communism and, and the importance of Christianity. And he's going to come and talk um, on Saturday morning. And, and his conference, um, his uh, uh, title of his presentation is Why Communism Isn't Cool, It's Deadly. And, I mean, is that not the truth? We're seeing this up close and personal as to what uh, socialism and communism does to a country, um, and it's going to be wonderful to listen to Paul Kengor. We have the wonderful Father Shannon Bouquet, who is um, very well-known internationally across the world 
uh, I think he's visited 80 countries with his mission mission work. And his title is called, It Only Takes a Spark to Get a Fire Going. Wow. <laughs> is that not true? I think, Chris Long, you know that because this is exactly what you've done with your organization. So. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, that's right. You have some great lineup here. Of course, uh, Charlie Kirk is going to be your keynote at your Friday night dinner. Uh, and, of course, uh, Charlie has really come on in the last few years as a conservative voice. Uh, you have Donna Murphy, who's going to be speaking as well. And then you have the uh, showing of the Roe v. Wade movie. Tell us about that. That's going to be at the Saturday night dinner. Yes, that's going to be pretty cool. Well, I, I think you might remember, and I, I don't know that you were able to be there. I think you were traveling last year. But um, last year we had the the, uh, the executive producer and actually one of the actors, Rob uh, Loeb, who uh, Nick Loeb rather, Nick Loeb, who was came and was one of our guests. He and Kathy Allen, who is also one of the executive producers of of the movie. They came and told us all about it. They really had the first cut done. So they explained to us what this is about. And it's actually a complete um, recreation of the decision of the Roe v. Wade, uh, the Roe v. Wade decision by the Supreme Court of the United States. So they replay this. They've, they've, they've tried to stay as close to the actual events that happened at that time. So they've got some wonderful actors in it. So we thought it was going to be released in April. It wasn't released. They had some bumps in the road, which is so true with with all, all movies. They always do that. They say you know they aim for something and they can't get there. Anyway, wonderful news uh, came to me in November, and uh, Nick emailed me and said, "Molly, we've got it going. It's up and ready, and we'd like you to be your convention to be one of the first places where we are going to be um, screening it." So we've been working with them. They are, in fact, I just got the confirmation today that the movie is downloaded, ready to go. So we will be uh, viewing it. Our, our, our participants can view the movie, and this is a, a preview of, of the movie. It has not actually got into theaters yet. So it's going to be very exciting. I can't wait to see it. It's, um, you know, I know that it's going to be much appreciated. And, and it's so often, um, Chris, that we find when we do this, when we actually visually show people what happened, I think it has a huge impact. And I know that that's what Nick Loeb is, is hoping that will happen with this. When you actually see these decisions, when you watch the, the, the dramatization of the, of the um, Supreme Court decision, I think it's going to really awaken people to how egregious this decision really was. So we are really hoping that this is going to be something that we'll, we'll be able to Really well, that's crazy. right, and, and they have yeah. some, uh, you know, star cast. Uh, John Voight is in this movie. Uh, this looks like it's done very well, uh, and again, this is going to be premiered at the Bring America Back to Life conference for their Saturday night dinner. Uh, the, the Friday night dinner is Charlie Kirk. Uh, Charlie's going to be, uh, what's he going to be talking about on Friday night? Molly, do um, we know? You know, <laughs> I tried to tie him down and say, okay, what's the title of your talk? And he said, I'll talk about anything you want me to talk about. So what I said to him, I want you to talk about making waves in all the right places, which would you not say that that's exactly Charlie Kirk? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> he, he, he makes waves in all the right places. So he's going to be our keynote speaker. Uh, he's one of the youngest Christian conservatives um, in, the, in the nation. Um, he has inspired our youth. In fact, it was the young people that came to me two years ago and said to me, 
because you know one third of our of our convention is always filled with young people. So they came and said, you need to get Charlie Kirk here. You know, they love the convention and they said, get somebody like Charlie Kirk. So I worked with them last year, couldn't make it last year and, uh, you know, been working with them on and off for the past year and we were able to do it. I will tell everybody that unless um, Governor DeWine relaxes the distancing um, mandates here, which we are hoping he will do, um, but we are actually sold out of the Charlie Kirk dinner. And, and in fact, uh, even even people coming in and, and, and watching it after, you know, sometimes people, every, every single um, speaker that we put on, um, you can come in. You don't have to buy the meals, but you can come in and, and listen to the presentation. Well, even our day passes, day passes for Charlie Kirk are gone. So, um, but we will be live streaming it in the in the hotel in one of the uh, conference rooms. We hope to get Charlie to be able to go around and talk to people who weren't actually able to come into the convent, into the room, uh, the ballroom. But char- the actual meal is sold out. So, but keep t- you know all of you listeners out there that are, are listening to to uh, Chris right now, um, keep checking back because if we do get a relaxation of these mandates, we will reopen that and and take in more re- registration. That we had to cut it off last night to be quite honest with you because it was just it was it was streaming in and we are. We are at the maximum of what we can fit into that into the ballroom with all the restrictions. So, okay, so the Saturday night exciting. dinner is still uh, open, and of course, yes. the event itself, the conference itself, there's day tickets, of course, with all the breakout sessions, which is really a must. And folks, here's where you go: you go to bringamericabacktolife.org, uh, or just search "Bring America Back to Life" convention, and uh, you will see all the information and the registration and, of course, the uh, the uh, guide for both uh, Friday and Saturday. And this is such a great event. I, you know, I can't believe it's been 12 years since you first launched this, Molly. Uh, boy, has that time gone fast. And you've had some great speakers <laughs> over the years. And really, um, there's been a lot of thousands have actually come to this, this convention over the years. And I don't know if you've actually... Uh, monitor how many people over the years who have actually attended, but you get a lot of foot traffic uh, with folks coming in. Of course, this year's with COVID, it's a little bit more restricted. Even CPAC uh, had to move their operation from Maryland normally, or Washington, D.C. is where they have CPAC. They had to move it to Orlando where things were less restrictive. And even there in Orlando, there's still social distancing and spacing and that kind of thing. So their numbers were down. They're not what they normally are. But it's so great that these conferences are taking place because we really do need to get back to life. Uh, there's been so many uh, casualties along the way of people being isolated and alone and depression and all kinds of problems that ensue when you have people being isolated from one another. That's not how God intended us to be. He intended us to have fellowship one with another. And so these kinds of conventions are meant to inspire and encourage us for the cause of life, and none better than the Bring America Back to Life convention hosted by Cleveland Right to Life. With me on the phone is Molly Smith, the director of Cleveland Right to Life. And, you know, Molly, we actually have many challenges in the life community in front of us. And so, you know, one of the things that the Lozier Institute was doing was trying to monitor the vaccinations that were being developed, whether they were using aborted fetal lines and either either testing or development of the vaccines from what we know that Pfizer and Madura does not. But here comes Johnson & Johnson. That's a a household name. And unfortunately, they have used 
aborted fetal lines. If I've got this right from the report from the Lozier Institute, uh, they have used aborted fetal lines in both develop testing and development of the vaccine. What's your thoughts on that? You know, we will have somebody there talking about the Pfizer and Moderna um, vaccine. And we, I will tell you, Chris, we are very concerned about them because while they weren't actually, while the testing, while they didn't actually use them in the manufacture of the, of the vaccine, uh, they were certainly uh, tested on mice with humanized lungs. And those, those, in order to grow those humanized lungs, they were, they did use fetal cells, fetal, uh, aborted fetal cells. So we, we do know that there, there is a connection to it. Um, we will have two experts talking about that and sh and just you know just trying to help us to understand which is what exactly what this convention is about sometimes as you know i mean you've been at some of the uh, conventions when we've had people that were that have really challenged us all and said think about this go out there and seek the truth in fact to be quite honest with you the the theme for this year every year somehow the theme just sort of pops up as the speakers start to talk to me, I suddenly get, I know what this is about. I know it's going to happen. Our theme this year is John 8.32, which of course is, and you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. We're going to be focused, laser focused on the truth. Because as you said, we've watched in this last year, Chris, the truth gets distorted in so many different ways. With Even from our friends, we've watched it being distorted. And I think so many things that have happened during the COVID uh, situation, um, you know, and I think you were one of the people that brought this to everybody's attention. What was happening in the nursing homes was just outrageous, absolutely yes. outrageous. And yes. this, this was happening, you know, from our our own friends, our own our own Republicans were doing some of this. And and you you made a big fuss about it and you did get things changed, which was wonderful. But that's what we're hoping to do is to bring this information to our public, to our to our choir, and you know that's what we that's what the bringing America back to life is all about. It is about preaching to the choir and helping them and teaching them how to sing. And when they sing, they need to sing with a beautiful voice that is full of the truth. That's what it's about. So that's what mm. we're going to be doing. Okay. A amen. This is Molly Smith, President of Cleveland Right to Life and the Chair of the annual Bringing America Back to Life Convention, held on March 12th and 13th at the Embassy Suites in Independence, Ohio. This highly acclaimed two-day event is the nation's most significant pro-life education platform. Join our MC, Bob France of the France Authority, who will welcome such well-known guests as Charlie Kirk, Jack Windsor, and many more well-known conservative Christian leaders who will inspire and inform. Don't miss this unique grassroots opportunity to engage in the most significant civil rights issue of our day, the right to life. Help us bring America back to life. For information and registration, go to bringingamericabacktolife.org or call 440-529-4836. 440-529-4836. Help us bring America back to life. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. 
Trust Blue Review. You know, and I've actually attending some of your events. Some of the great uh, music musical guests from the local parishes have been phenomenal. And some of these yeah. kids speaking about the choirs. You've had uh, some youth choirs from some of the local parishes who have sung at the convention, and the music's been heavenly. <laughs> We've really enjoyed that. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so you have such a great complement of people who help put this on, which is great yeah. because it's it's a real synergy of bringing uh, of the, the the life community coming together and really exactly. rallying for the cause. Tell us about that. How. Uh, you have so many yeah. folks that are actually helping you. Yeah, you know, one of the wonderful things has been is, uh, you know, one of, uh, in fact, just uh, as an aside, uh, Bob France from the, Fran- from the Salem um, Morning Show will be our, our uh, MC this year. And um, a guest that we normally would, would sort of not even think about is, is Jack Windsor, who also is, has been really come up to, to the forefront in his search for the truth. So it's been wonderful to see that happening. But the choir, as you mentioned, you know, who, who has been there? How have we done that? And that has just really been through us reaching out to the choir. That's us reaching out to the pro-life community, reaching out to the family, to the Christian organizations, and, you know, explaining to them what we are doing and them just embracing this whole idea of let's get together, let's build it. Because to be quite honest, um, you know, and I, I think... It, all too often, we're trying to do everything on our own. We try to go off in our own direction, saying, well, I'm going to go do this. And and wonderful. That is a wonderful uh, uh, attitude to have. But aren't we stronger when we all get together? Get That's right. So much stronger. It's Absolutely. So much stronger. Yeah. yeah. I'm reading here from the purpose and about us as the convention says, we are individuals from every walk of life that are committed to protecting life and family from the moment of conception to natural death. We are committed to promoting a culture of life that will overpower and conquer the current culture of death through grassroots efforts on a local, state, and national level through prayer, action, voting, and education. You know, that's such a great cause, Molly, because there has been such progress in the life community. I think of where we were in the mid-70s. And, uh, you know, it, it seemed at that time the Catholic Church was actually standing alone. But then there was a surge within evangelical churches to begin to speak about and speak out about abortion as an evil that uh, that cannot be tolerated, that Christians must be a voice. You know, I think of uh, Dr. Uh, Charles Billington of Akron Baptist Temple. He had a t- television ministry at that time. And, I mean, he would literally pound the pulpit on this, and, and he just dr- drilled it into the folks and saying, we must be for the cause of life. We must be uh, those who defend life in the womb. And so, you know, there uh, there was such a surge then among evangelicals. So the life community, and among our young, if we look at the polling now, a lot of young people understand that it is life in the womb, but the education continues because we are ever fighting against the, the culture of death and uh, it's so discouraging when we see states like New York legalizing abortion up through uh, a birth and, and emphaticide in Virginia with their governor, and it's so disheartening. You'd think at this late date, with all the medical knowledge of that, what we know about life in the womb and when life begins, for those who would just be so determined to uh, eliminate and, and exterminate life in the womb, it's so 
it's such an affront to God because he is the creator of all life. Your thoughts? Absolutely. Oh, you couldn't have said it better. I mean, this is exactly what it's about. And, and it's, about, it's about us here, which is where we started, as you said, local, state, and then national. You've got to start local. But, you know, it's, it's for our to make sure that our government, our local government and our local state government never does what, uh, what New York did. That, was, that is such a, such a travesty. It is such an evil that is out there. And it, how did it happen? It happened because so many people were quiet as this was happening. Well, you know, I, what I see is that as we build this, this sort of amazing, um, you know, stage and, and choir out there that, that we're able to sing from, um, we will never allow Ohio to go down that route. You know, and, and to say that, oh, it'll never happen here, we've got a Republican government, that's not necessarily true. We are the ones that are going to have to stand strong and say, not on our watch. Amen. And pass, you know, to your point, to pass it on to the next generation. That's what it's about. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, you know, I think about Frederick Douglass, the great uh, abolitionist during the Civil War period, and he, of course, was a freed slave and then self-taught and a very brilliant man. And he was in his late years, and a young uh, black professional came to him, and he asked him, you know, what, you know, giving him advice. And he said, young man, he said, agitate, agitate, agitate. <laughs> and, exactly. Right. You know, in the pro-life community, we can't let them rest. We must allow, re- speak the voice for the voiceless. voiceless yeah. And so that's what we're to do is to speak up and uh, to speak out for the unborn so that they they have a conscience and they, they have a vote, and we are their voices. And so thank God for the Bring America Back to Life convention. And again, that's coming up next uh, Friday and Saturday. That's March 12th and 13th. You can register for the convention at bringamericabacktolife.org, sponsored by the Cleveland Right to Life. Molly, thanks so much for being my guest today. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, and, and actually lots of fun talking to you, Chris. We don't talk often enough, so this is wonderful. Thank you. We'll do it again, and uh, there's so much work to do, and we're praying for the convention, and we know that it's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful time for people to come together to get inspired and to be encouraged, and we thank you for all that you're doing for the cause of life at Cleveland Right to Life. Well, thank you. So uh, anyways, folks, uh, stay tuned, because on the other side, we're going to be listening to about the Equality Act, and the Equality Act is something we need to stop. It passed the House. You're going to hear in the interview that it did uh, was uh, up for a vote. Unfortunately, this was an interview from last week. It did pass the U.S. House of Representatives, and then uh, now it's going to the Senate. So we're encouraging to go to our website, That's ohioca.org, just uh, our search, Ohio Christian Alliance. And right on the front page, you want to call U.S. Senators uh, Brown and Portman from Ohio. And the numbers are there right on the Ohio Christian Alliance website page. And urge them to vote no on the so-called Equality Act, uh, H.R. 5. And the information is on our website as well. Don't forget to bring America Back to Life conference next uh, Friday and Saturday. And we'll see you there. God bless.
You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.